Hey there, you've wandered on to the VUC, a weekly conference produced by IP Communications and VoIP Community. We would like to thank Simwood.com. Simwood can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our hosted PBX is from OnSip.com. You can get a URL that people can click to call you at OnSip.com slash GetOnSip. Speaking of SIP, we use the best PSTN and SIP conference bridge in the world, ZipDX.com. Our website at VUC.me is on Bluehost.com. And thanks to Voxbone for our world local rate dial-ins. And as you just learned, this is VUC 624 for December 16th, 2016. We're going to be talking to Chad Hart, who's the head of st- strategic. I had to miss one word, right? Because I got it all prepared. Strategic products advice one. He's going to tell us what the strategic products are, hopefully, but also WebRTC hacks and Cranky Geek. And uh, Chad, as soon as I get the camera on the correct, uh, there we go. Chad, uh, the first thing I wanted to mention was that you actually responded to a thing that I sent out to Chris from uh, Cranky Geeks, and I did not make the Voxbone connection, but welcome to the VUC. Oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, I've been a huge uh, VUC, VUC fan listening to the podcast and watching the videos for, for years, so I'm glad I'm finally on for the first time. It's great, and you know that uh, we also follow Cranky Geeks and all of the WebRTC. We've been huge on WebRTC, actually. Tim Panton's with us, and he's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, uh, yeah, I, I probably should have got on here just to talk about WebRTC sooner or something like that, but uh, I'm glad I'm finally here now. So, yeah, I, I plan to mostly talk about Voxbone today since they uh, they pay me the most, at least, you know, they pay me, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to talk about, uh, Tim was at the Cranky event, um, uh, happy to talk about that, and uh, I on the WebRTC Hacks front, too, uh, we just had a great post this morning uh, from uh, Gustavo uh, Garcia at, um, at TalkBox, uh, taking apart, uh, looking at the Slack video implementation uh, that they just rolled up this week, how they're using WebRTC for that. Right, so we can talk about all the... We can talk about all those things. Uh, the first thing we should talk about, though, by the way, uh, I should have mentioned that uh, as we saw in the thank yous in the beginning, uh, Voxbone has been a, a great supporter of the VUC for at least three, four years, as far as I can recall. They've been with us almost from the beginning since we've been doing video. And Voxbone provides us with the local rate dial-ins, which you can look up by going to, I hope I get this, I think it's just VUC.me slash Voxbone is one, and then Voxbone themselves on their site also has a page. And uh, there are something like 48 cities covered by them. So you can dial in and listen to us if you if you don't want to watch the video. or And you can also speak when uh, when it's time for us to call for questions and things. And IRC, by the way, if you're on you watching on YouTube and you haven't figured this out yet, we also have a VUC channel on Freenode.net. So uh, check that out. And we would really like to have, we've got Tim here, we've got James, Andy, Michael, and especially Chad. So so WebRTC questions will be welcome at the end when he's done. Chad, let's go for uh, what are the strategic, what are the strategic products? That's my first question, and the workshop, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I guess should I start with my? Uh, I guess well, actually, I can... we usually ask people how they got into technology. That's oh. true that you haven't been on before, so we should get that first. Give us a little bit of what brought you into the field. First of all, of technology in general, and second of all, maybe into uh, WebRTC or whatever. How are you started in voice? Uh, yeah, I get. I mean, I guess uh, my father was uh, made the IT manager. I mean, he's, he's like civil engineer, but I don't know how it happened. But so he, he figured he should learn how to use computers and got one for home. When I was like 12. And I uh, back then, because I'm not that young, you connected to bullet board systems. And I found you know, fun stuff online and I learned you can make a blue box to like make free 
phone calls with the PBX and stuff. So uh, that's probably what got me into computers and telephony in general. And then I, I went to school. I uh, was a you know electrical engineer. Went to school. Uh, I did a lot of marketing stuff. And I, I got my MBA early on and kind of went into that side of things. But uh, lately, I've been getting back more technical and doing more product management work. A couple of years ago, um, yeah, I, I, you know, recent I've been at you know uh, like Oracle or actually uh, Acme Packet, um, which was acquired by Oracle. I was a Dialogic for a little bit. Um, and I was an independent consultant for a while. And uh, I, I got into WebRTC a lot, I'd say like three or four years ago. Uh, and that's when I started the WebRTC Hacks blog, just mostly. Uh, initially, I started just as a way for me to keep notes and try things and um, explore. And uh, the WebRTC Hacks has been great. It's really uh, expanded and uh, is a great, great community of uh you know, contributing authors there uh, to put together posts. And uh, yeah, that's got me more and more into WebRTC communications, API type stuff um, over time. And uh, I uh, I joined with Sahi and uh, Chris Krunka, um two years ago uh, for the Cranky Geek events. So uh, and so now we're, we're doing a couple of those Cranky Geek events a year. Uh, it seems like every year we'll probably do one in San Francisco. Um, and uh, we just did another one uh, in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Um, that was great. Um, and uh, we'll probably do one and it looks like we're probably doing one in China. Um, we're, we're still going to figure out the dates, but that's uh, probably the next one that we do in uh, 2017. Okay, let, let, <laughs> let's, uh, yeah, before that uh, comes, let us uh, just mention, before we get into the Voxmon things, um, uh, Chad, let's mention a couple of the URLs. So Cranky Geeks and uh, WebRTC Hacks. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Cranky Geek with a, with a K-R-A-N-K-Y G-E-E-K. Actually, I, I'll, uh, let, me, let me show my, uh, I, I think, I, think I, have a, I have a slide that'll show it. I'll share. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. There you go. And that's, yeah, so, that's also uh, your contact. So that's perfect. Yeah. So I would say um, if uh, we, so we have links and the, the Cranky Geek events uh, are they're, they're live events that we run, but we really set them up to optimize around um, YouTube videos. Right. Um, so all all the talks that we do get posted on YouTube. Uh, they get posted under the Google Chrome developers channel usually. Uh, so if you go online and but if, you, if you go online in, in YouTube and just search for Cranky Geek, um, they should pop up or you can go to that website and see them all. So if you're new to WebRTC or even if you're not and you want to see some of the talks, I mean, I, I highly recommend uh, going through those. Um, it, it's really a great series um, and we get great speakers to do that. Um, this is one of the biggest advantages of the internet, actually, is that can um, connect with the people who are actually making this stuff happen. And, and you're one of those. Tim is one of them. And a lot of people who we've had on are part of that group. Okay, the workshop we've been hearing about. So, so I just throw in very briefly on the Cranky Geek stuff how surprisingly large number of YouTube hits those uh, talks get. Um, the initial series was in like, like 40,000 hits per, per video. The recent uh, one I, I think was a lot fewer, it. but it does vary to be honest depending on the video but uh, like Tim your videos have always done really well which is one reason why we keep putting you back um, <laughs> but yeah it's not unusual for videos to have you know 10, 20, 30 and, and some of them have 40 or 60,000 hits uh, at this point so uh, before we did the previous events we were over a quarter million views in aggregate across all of them um, which is pretty amazing because it's it's still I mean compared to everything else out there in the world and on the web WebRC is still kind of a niche thing right um, but there's a, you, you can see there's a, there's a big and, and growing community Chad I have a request if, if we're not using slides yes. at the moment can we see you instead uh, yeah should I jump into slides or uh, I'll, I'll... yeah whatever however you want to do it Chad it's fine the... right, yeah, well, well, I'll jump into the slides a little bit to give some background on the workshop um, I'm not going to talk too much in slides because that's boring and I have lots of demos 
demos. Um, so we'll, we'll spend more time on that. I think, uh, I mean, you, you guys know about Boxbone and what Boxbone does. I, I guess for anyone who uh, is not familiar, um, we're not actually using a, a Boxbone DID dial-in. Um, so Boxbone's been around for, for quite some time, provides, basically provides phone numbers, DIDs, um, and SIP trunking services. Uh, offers a you know, global network. We got coverage in more than 60 countries now and, and continuing to, to grow and uh, a really big customer base, right? And some of the most common applications, and, and this is certainly not all of them, but, you know, contact centers, like conferencing service providers, you know, hosted UC, cloud UC, um, cloud PBX type providers. And another really interesting area is Voxphone has the vast majority of the new telecom, you know, communications platform as a service providers. Uh, so we can't list them all publicly here, but uh, I, I can tell you, like, it's very rare to come across a company that's offering a communications API that doesn't use Voxphone in, in some capacity, right? And we have a, a, a lot of great customers in, in other areas too that you can see on this slide. So um, that's the real brief background. So I um, I, I started full-time at, at Voxphone uh, over the summer. And prior to that, when I was a you know independent consultant, I actually was doing a lot of work with Voxphone uh, already. And um, they really, you know, selling, they've had actually a great business um, with more than 30% growth and uh, just in the core, basically the core DID business, business and doing SIP trunks. Um, and they've had a lot of success expanding beyond that into doing uh, like a emergency calling services like E911 uh, as an add-on to the SIP trunks. Um, but they really look into, uh, you know, how, how do they grow further? How do they better enable their customers to do more things? And wanted to get in more in touch with the future direction of you know, not only where telecom is now, but where things are going. And so the, the main areas there, you know, really are WebRTC, communications APIs, and, and cloud infrastructure. So we've put together a program to do, uh, and we call them experiments, um, but I mean, that they're, they're service launches um, in each of these areas. And we essentially act like a startup within Voxbone to launch a lot of these things. And, you know, so far this year, we've launched five, you know, five of these new services. So we work in pretty rapid fashion. Um, you know, usually uh, you launch a service, you know, every month or every, every other month. Um, and, you know, typically these services or projects have some sort of underlying API um, that, that drives in the background. And then in addition to that, we uh, create a open source demonstration site um, where customers can, you know, one, to go and kind of understand what it does and think through the business model and how you can use things. But really, we found as a secondary benefit, a lot of people have been asking to white label, you know, or, or want to just basically rebrand our, our demo portal so they can incorporate into their own services or their own offerings. Um, so um, and we go there. And I'm going to go through it. I'll show a lot of this. But the, the workshop program um, and areas we're working on, three main areas. You know, one is WebRTC. Uh, you know, two is uh, communications APIs. I mean, we, we call it offload APIs. We're, we're not out to compete with our, our CPaaS customer base, but uh, we definitely see a big opportunity to enable you know the other 900 of Voxbone's customers that aren't doing any kind of CPaaS stuff today to, to start doing that, uh, either for internal usage or so for them to, to offer onto their customers. And the third area, which I probably won't spend a lot of time on today since we, we haven't um, externally launched anything there yet, but is um, exposing Voxbone's network uh, and cloud infrastructure more. So Voxbone's had an, an OpenStack uh, project ongoing uh, for a while now, and we uh, we get a lot of requests to co-host uh, or people basically want to put our servers uh, in our in our points of presence, our, our pops, so they can get lower latency, right, and improve quality. So we're looking to basically offer a communications first, uh, you know, uh, infrastructure as a service offering uh, or platform as a service offering to allow people to run their their servers, uh, or you know, perhaps it's just an asterisk or Camellio instance uh, in 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 their network. And um, a, a lot of this, I should say, is uh, we're, we're 
we're building a big tool set. So Boxbone, and one, one of the things that, I, that really attracts me to them, and, and when I, was, I, I started with them in the first place, is uh, they have 100% open source you know, network infrastructure. Um, so a, a lot of asterisks, a, a lot of community um, use in there and, and other platforms. So they've had a lot of these uh, tools or, or elements there already. So a lot of what I'm doing is just taking those, you know, those, those capabilities that they have already and just packaging them in a way that customers can use um, and, and customers can go and create their own thing. So uh, on the Weber C side, there's like three, uh, three main offerings. Uh, Boxbone's had a Weber TC uh, offering now for I think close to three years. Um, we found a lot of the Boxbone customers, they're strong telephony people. They know SIP, but they were really struggled with integrating in Weber TC and into the website of things. So one of the first things that, that we did is actually develop and, and try to make the website of things easy um, with uh, by making like click the call widgets, right? And, and again, I'll, I'll go through and show some of this stuff. The, the second area, um, you know, so we, we can offer that click the call for existing Voxmone customers on their current DIDs. And actually, I was thinking we probably should do that to the uh, to the, the Voxmone DIDs that you have for uh, that go into the, the Buckbridge um, too, so people can just click the call uh, to get access. I'm, I'm not sure actually who controls that account, but um, I'll, I'll definitely get that set up. Um, so we, we have a so the the, you know, this portal widget generator is really designed uh, for people to have existing DIDs but want to offer a you know, basically a click a call button uh, to access that over the web. We have a, another site that we, uh, that's called Click the Box, uh, which similar in concept, except there's no DID attached. It's basically you just put in a SIP address um, and it does uh, SIP to WebRTC um, and, or, or WebRTC to SIP, I should say, with Click the Call. Uh, and we just, we're, we're just launched like yesterday, um, uh, another, another site, another offering to go the other way to basically allow Click to answer uh, so you can pick up a call from a web website. And this is all based on Voxbone's, uh, you know, again, our, our web receipt network. Now, uh, the other big area um, that we're working on is, uh, as I said, taking a lot of the network infrastructure we have and offering more services with it. So Voxmon's had an internal, you know, conferencing system for itself for a long time. Um, we're, we're looking to offer, you know, conferencing APIs to help our customers offload and, and kind of streamline some of those functions. So this is just a reference diagram, but, you know, typically in a lot of cases, you know, all or, or, or a big majority of uh, customers that DID network traffic goes through Voxmon's network before it goes on and gets terminated in their infrastructure, right? So, um, you know, the, the purple part is the, the, you know, Voxbone network here, people call in off the BSDN and connect, you know, they call into your, your MCU, your media server and, and connect to the bridge that way. What we can do uh, with some of, with our conferencing offload API is really help to streamline a lot of architecture by, you know, moving some or all of the MCU function out of the, you know, out of the, you know, the, the provider's network and in, into Voxbone's network. And a few advantages, I mean, obviously uh, it reduces port costs because you need fewer uh, media server ports, but being closer to to the um, being closer to our gateways uh, at the end of the day helps to reduce latency, you know, improves quality, which especially if you're on conference bridge uh, can can be more noticeable than in other situations. And, and as a secondary benefit, you also save a lot of bandwidth uh, coming from uh, you know instead of instead of sending you 
of four or six or seven calls from uh, Fox Phones Network into it. If we can mix it first, we can we can send one uh, and help to uh, streamline that uh, and help to you know reduce bandwidth costs. And uh, you know th- this is really a lot of Vox Phones customers use uh, Vox Phone really to help with international expansion in a lot of cases. Uh, if you need to have numbers and sixty local numbers in sixty places, uh, oftentimes uh, you know Vox Phone is the easiest way to do that. If you uh, if you want to move your media server, you know generally you want to have geographic redundancy and you want your media servers to be close to the source, right? So um, this offload service can also help, you know, when when providers are making some of those choices, uh, you know, do they go out and and set up a, a different pop and, uh, you know, with, with their own media server or can they just, you know, offload and, and use VoxFone? So that's um, that's the idea behind the offload APIs and uh, I'm using conferencing as an example, but uh, yeah, we, we also have recording that I'll show today too. So uh, with that, maybe I, I thought we could, uh, we, we can show some, show some demos which will much better illustrate now we're talking John. Doing. yeah so i'll say for some of these things are uh I, I we just launched some of them so i'm going to use you guys to help with the with qa uh today but i'll, I'll start with uh start with click the box which is our click the call so and, and everything i'm showing here like you know uh people watching or, or now or later feel free to, to log in you, you can use all this um so i'm just gonna use uh i'll use my github account right we start out i'll put in my uh my Lin phone address, right? So this is a a a um, WebRTC to SIP uh, service, right? Um, again, this is a, a basically a, a demo website to illustrate the concept. Uh, but this is available if someone wants to just white label a user for their own, uh, they can do that. So you can start out at a SIP address. If you don't have one, it's actually not required. You can skip it. We'll we'll give you some some test ones. Um, you can use so, and you get to um, a view here. You can see I already have a lot of stuff populated uh, here. So um, this is the actual widget generator that we have uh, in the site. So, and, and basically you, you're creating a click the call button um, here. So we can call this whatever you want, right? change the text, you want to change the color scheme, whatever you can, you know, adjust that to be whatever you want. Um, we have a bunch of other, you know, configuration options. You want to change how it looks, um, get rid of the branding, whatnot uh, there. We also have a bunch of different SIP options, uh, you know, so you, you can actually look at all the SIP URIs you entered. Um, probably I'll just leave use our echo service uh, to start out. Um, here, tweak your caller ID, you know, um, here. We also have a, uh, we, we use a custom SIP header if you want. Um, so if somebody has SIP infrastructure and they want to pass some contextual information um, and, and have their PBX stripped it out, um, they can do that. That comes in handy a lot for even like call center scenarios or where like you do agent screen pops and you say you want to pass through maybe the page the customer's on or, or if they're logged in, the username um, to help you associate, you know, help the agents or or help whoever's on the other end associate uh, the caller with what they're doing, right? Uh, DTMF options. Uh, and we also have a good option here too, if you want to actually automatically dial some DTMF digits when the call starts. Uh, so th- this is helpful, like if you're calling into a, an IVR, for example, and you want to just automatically, you know, you want to wait uh, wait a second um, and then, you know, press two for sales and, you know, nine for Alice. Um, you, you can do that here, right? And, and some other options. Now, we, we also found that... Uh, um, WebRC doesn't work in all browsers, right? So what do you do if you're on a non-WebRC browser? We, we, we provide a couple different options here. One is just to hide the widget altogether. Uh, in some cases, they rather just turn the button into a link, right? So you can go to a different page or a different site, or you can actually enter some custom text or HTML uh, in there and have that render instead uh, of the button if it's a uh, if, if it's a non-WebRC page. And uh, you can go up here, you know, get a preview of the button. You can actually make a call here. Uh, you can see that the dial pad that pops 
pops up and what that looks like, you know, uh, what it might look like on different color backgrounds um, out there, depending on you know the color of your site. But ultimately, the whole goal of this is to make it really easy for someone to integrate this functionality into their web page. So this all comes down to this, this code snippet that you have here. Um, and just to illustrate this, uh, you can click on the button on this page, or you can just, uh, we have a couple of links that just go to JS Fiddle to see. Um, Click on the button. You are about to enter an echo test. In this mode, everything you say will be repeated back to you just as soon as it is received. You know, the purpose of this right. test is to give you an audible sense of the latency between you and the machine that is running the echo test application. You may end the test by hanging up or pressing the pound key. So in, in this case, well, you'll hear me uh, twice, but you, you see the whole... DTMF dial pad. If, if you need that, it doesn't always make sense. Um, but for, again, some applications you want it, mute, uh, you know, audio indications there. A couple right. of questions. A couple of questions uh, yeah. right away, Chad. First of all, and this is a question that probably no one can answer, but this I'm asking for your impression. Um, we all know that certain browsers don't do WebRTC right now. Everybody's working on it, but, you know, support isn't universal. Do you have any idea... Can we say that like 80% of the people who are on the internet who matter, let's say, in other words, they're not just like 13-year-olds or just people who may be the target of some commercial operation, for example. Can we say that 8 out of 10 people are using either Chrome or whatever, Firefox? Or what, what's your impression of WebRTC capability for most of the things like this? Um, it, it does vary a lot. If you look at sites like Stack Counter, um, if you add up Chrome and Firefox, it's usually around 60%. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the caveat that you need to be aware of um, is there's a lot of people that have iOS devices. Um, it's not the majority in the world, but there are a lot of people. And if you're on an iOS device, then Chrome doesn't work with WebRC there because of Apple's policy of mandating WebKit and WebKit, although they're adding WebRC to it, it's not there yet. Um, so that that's probably only the, the major issue. But um, I, I find, at least for VoxMode's customers and the work I'm doing, and most, I mean, if you really don't want to do WebRC, you can always come up with an excuse not to do it. Um, but most users use WebRC. And Oftentimes, even if 20% of your user base doesn't use it, it's not the end of the world. You can just basically have them, like in this case, for the call, then it, we're just making this easier to call a phone number, right? Um, at the end of the day. So you can put a phone number on a website. And then if you really want somebody to call, I hope they you know have their phone handy and then type it in. But especially, uh, I think uh, younger generations are getting more and more averse to like picking up and using a dial pad and, and having it enter in digits, right? So if you can just have a button there and dial in, uh, it, it helps just increase that connectivity um, and the amount of time it takes. And there's just less that can go wrong. With the added bonus then on top of it that you can you know keep track of that conversation that like as part of the web like along with everything else right because it's integrated into the website and you can use the the contextual information now i know that um you know mobile is not only the future but everybody's on mobile now and i've, I've done some surveys myself and among a, a sample of several thousand people asking them what they watch videos on and they all watch them on their phone but this said uh there is a certain segment that you might be looking for you meaning the person the people who are putting this button on their site who are basically basically going to be on a PC or a Mac in an office, in which case we're not talking mobile or tablet, we're talking uh, desktop. And in that case, hopefully it would be more like 80%, maybe, first of all, and second. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, de desktop is definitely, if the type of person that's probably going to be willing to click, you know, go to a website and click on a click the call button anyway, is, is very likely to have 
Chrome or Firefox, right? And if it's if you're if it's your grandma that like uses the only uses the internet when you sit down next to her and help her through it, like that's that's not really the target market in, in most of this case. So, right. um, yeah, I, I and I find it interesting. Um, our biggest customer right now is a actually a calling card company, um, and I certainly wouldn't imagine a calling card company because it kind of seems so backwards. Like people still pay for phone calls, but yeah, in some places in the world, it's actually still expensive and, and helps out. Um, but it, it really interesting this customer. I mean, it, it helps their users prevent entering all the, you know, the long calling card numbers, right? You just click a button, you can connect. And they found when they basically put the button in the website next to where people can recharge the phone, they actually started calling, start calling more, right? Because, oh, I, I have some money left and now oh, I can just call and click right there. So, and actually uh, in the discussion of mobile, most of their users are actually on Android and doing this from from their, their mobile phones, actually, uh, mobile web. So, um, I mean, I, I certainly would not have predicted that, but it's, it's, it's a really interesting use case. Right. I'm going to try to bring Tim in here. So I'm warning him by saying his name. Uh, Tim, you and I discussed oh God, years ago uh, the idea of click to call because click to call, the, the concept of clicking a button to call has been around for at least five years, maybe well, maybe much more. Uh, it wasn't done in this way, of course. But Tim, you and I talked about this, the context thing, and you had some ideas in context. And obviously, um, if, if somebody's going to be getting calls, there's a lot of information that they might like to have, like, where did you see this? So maybe it's in multiple areas. So I, w- I thought maybe you'd have some input here because, as I said, we've talked about it before and you've done a lot of work in this area. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm hearing from Chad that from what Chad's saying that, that times have changed, but certainly my experience was that actually like, it didn't really matter how much work you did and how slick you made it. People didn't want to do it. Um, and, and one of the big problems was that the back end systems were simply not joined up. You would you'd be on the website, you'd be looking at you know product X and you click the button and you'd get the 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 you'd get a phone call into the the you know corporate help center which would dump you back right at the beginning. You might be logged into your account, you might be looking at specific product and uh, on the web, but but by the time you hit the phone call, you'd be right back at ground zero and you'd have to read serial numbers, membership numbers, all this kind of nonsense down the phone to the, to the person on the far end. And by the time you did that, actually, like the whole thing was a was was just too painful. And you would have got much further, much quicker. This was the experience we had, I suppose, six years ago now. Um, you actually got much further by doing this in text. There were very few occasions when, when speech was actually going to be more efficient because somehow the infrastructure in the companies didn't support that information transfer on the voice side but they did if you stayed in text and on in in that side and that i mean what i'm kind of hearing from chad is that that's somewhat changing but maybe maybe not as fast yeah, as they I, had patience for i i, I mean i uh, well i'm definitely biased towards WebRTC and web stuff right but uh i i well it doesn't make sense to me why people like would want to dial a phone number at all right um when you can just click and people are comfortable using their computers to talk with because of facetime and, and skype and everything else right so um but I, it, it's still uh voxman's had this for several years um most of the applications were click the call um it's been kind of slow it was one reason why we put together this this uh you know click the box to make it really easy uh easier to add i can say uh it seems to be picking up just in like really in the last couple of months uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see if that's that that keeps going um i, I do think we'll get there get there eventually it's just a, a question of how long i mean i think and, uh you know call, call center i mean it depends on the environment too there's a lot of different scenarios like the call center is one but you know internal employee communications and, and other things so there's there's a lot of applications where uh, maybe it's, it's a lot simpler to do something like this i, I think that's right i think there are, are spaces where it makes sense but it but the sort of 
generic. You know, I, I many years ago I started a company whose aspiration was to replace the the eight hundred number with a button on every website, and and the pra- in practice that simply didn't work. We got stats back, which basically showed that you know at that point um, the huge majority of people, when presented with an eight hundred number or a button to click, would dial the eight hundred number on their phone, um, and you know by a, a, a ratio which still like shocks me like you know thousands to one yeah i, I mean I, I wonder if it'd be different today um yeah inter- interesting i mean it would be fascinating to see if any of your customers would conduct that experiment i'm sure they wouldn't release the information but but i think you you might find it still as a web rtc fan you might find it deeply depressing how far that- yeah <laughs> Voxbone did like four billion it's like I, you know uh, looking at the customers like a good customer has a couple percentage points of their call volume you and whatever right. right and then that's a lot it, it's, a, it's a it's a couple of percentage at the end of the day um fortunately it's growing in a lot of cases right um so it does seem people are catching on to it but uh like i said we'll we'll, we'll We'll see if it, it, it uh, how sustainable it is or how I mean, it is. that was kind of my point about like me not being patient enough to wait for it. Uh, it it's just you know it may well be one of those things where we just have to wait for reality to catch up. But but um you know I, I as people may know I'm not necessarily patient enough to to wait for these things. I'm on yeah. to the next you know next. Well, and actually, well, that probably leads me in. Uh, the, the next thing I'll show um, is similar functionality for VoxPhone customers that already have DIDs, right? So um, hopefully my screen is shared again. It is with your password. <laughs> no, we don't see it. We don't see it. Kidding. <laughs> so I'll, uh, you know, just to show this briefly. Um, so we're, we're trying to make it really easy to play around and try WebRTC. So one of the things we've done uh, in the in our Voxphone portal is make it so you can actually make any Voxphone DID uh, a click the call number, right? So um, I'll just click on on the widget here, um, but you can see a very similar type setup where you basically set up your, your button, um, all the same configuration options, and uh, right and right from here you can call. Actually, I don't know what or I have this connected to. We'll find out. I guess I don't have it connected. Uh, no, I have this one. I guess I don't have uh, my uh, super eyes hooked up um, on these. Maybe this one does. Right. But you know, the idea where you can just take any phone number uh, and then turn that into a WebRTC phone number. Now, from the, you, you might ask her, what sense does it make to have a button tied to a phone number? But for a lot, especially a lot of Voxmos customers, they they basically trigger things based on the DID number um, and they keep their CDRs that way. So, by doing this, like it, it, it's transparent to their systems that it's a WebRTC call. Um, they they just see an incoming you know SIP call come in associated with this DID. Uh, it can go on the same if that's how they want to do it, um, which seems to be the case a lot. You know, so um, so that way they don't need to change or do anything different on their on the SIP side of things. They can just basically enable WebRTC on some website somewhere or their customer's website to uh, to, to make this work. Yeah, all right. this one this one I had hooked up to my. Uh, you can hear my. Uh, Phone. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, c- connecting to SIP only works if you put a SIP address in, obviously. So um, for those ones, so that, that's I mean that that's the WebRTC uh, click the call um, one. Uh, maybe next I'll show. Uh, let me show conferencing. I, I was gonna I was actually gonna ask about conferencing, but I wanted to ask you a question. Sure. Uh, another one of these, your opinion, because we don't have any surveys that really count. Um, which is what exactly are the the tasks or the content texts that are interesting because I'm just going to say this personally when I'm confronted with support I would rather 
Now we have, for example, our ISP has a FaceTime type video ch- chat and they also, you can call and you can, uh, and there's a text chat. And frankly, for support, I find text chat to be better. The only disadvantage is that you're talking to probably 35 different people at the same time. <laughs> But but at the same at the same time it's of course I live in a country where English isn't the uh, language either so it's easier for me to do the text chat because I can then be very specific and type plus you have time to type they have time to answer but other than that uh, case we're talking I'm I'm guessing we're talking more sales and I'd like to what about yeah, the Mercedes you know what what are the contexts yeah. High value sales, right? Uh, really, where um, and that's what that's when you want to talk to somebody, and that's where we, if you have a good salesperson who knows how to pick up on tone and pitch and talk to somebody, it can make a huge difference, right? Um, that's expensive, um, so that's why it tends to be for high value items. Um, so, but you're probably not going to refinance your mortgage over a text chat, right? right. Um, yeah. You know, also, you're, you and when you say high, that it's costly, it's because you absolutely, like I said, text chat. You know that they could be talking to thirty people and just you know switching around. Um, but if you're talking to somebody via voice or video, uh, this is one-on-one. So there's there's definitely a person dedicated talking. But on the other hand, sales is such a personality, and a um, you know it's all dependent on what the people what the people are capable of saying and the rapport that they're able to to establish. So that suddenly makes sense. And what then you definitely want somebody to click that button. Yeah, and certainly. Uh... I think uh, they, they don't advertise it as much, but you know the Amazon Mayday example um, where they want to show and, and have a really intimate relationship with the customer, right? By in that case, it's one-way video, um, but I yeah, and, and that's WebRC based, and that's still uh, I mean, that, that's still part of every Amazon Kindle device, and they're only making more of them in, in different varieties, right? So um, I, I think that's a, a pretty good use case. Mm-hmm. Still, I mean, I, I certainly still like to see more people replicate that, and there's uh, a lot of people trying. But I don't know if we've necessarily seen it a, a ton of that yet. But actually, I'm trying to think if we have a we've had various call buttons for the VUC. Uh, obviously, Voxbone supplies uh, our um, our dial-ins, but many many people have done WebRTC buttons over the years, and uh, little by little we've removed them because simply they you know then this, somebody changes the script and it doesn't respond anymore. So that's a whole other problem with anything. That well, I, it's, I mean, some of what we um, some of what I, like offering as a service like and. As opposed to like a standalone gateway, it kind of makes a difference there, right? So we 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 update our libraries and keep them up to date and can push that out and try to make it again. If you if you put a little Twitter widget on your website, like you don't want to go back to that Twitter widget every month and have to update and fix it, right? That's that's not how it should work. It's just it's there. It works forever. You don't think about it again. So and that's what that's what we're trying to do here, right? You just put it in your web is there and you don't think about it again. And most of Voxphone's customers themselves are you know providers or like resellers in a way or um, you know have their own services so we we're not looking to go after and sell this stuff to like fortune you know 1000 companies to put a click the call button on their website but we have lots of customers that are interested in exploring that business at least so uh, we're, we're just trying to make it easy for them to do that we need, we need to hook up a button from for the vuc through voxbone because since we've already got they already have i mean we already yeah have- like i said uh what, what I just showed you there, um, we can do that with uh, the VUC account. Uh, I'm not sure who, uh, did, did, I'll have to, I, I couldn't find anyone, uh, and, and I just thought about it before the call, uh, but uh, who, who manages access to that? Is that, uh, do, do you own that account or is uh, Voxbox? Well, it's me through, a, uh, through an on account. Uh, okay. 
I wanted to read also uh, Dan Jenkins mentions he says Google's Pixel Pixel is the new uh, phone right now does support over WebRTC exactly the same as Amazon Fire they've just added the capability to share the entire screen in Android and coming to the web too interesting yeah. so yeah anyway long story short on that we should probably figure out put a, a Voxbone button to call a VUC uh, because right now we have and I was going to ask James to do a demo it's not that exciting but uh, well I've been busy thrashing away here me because that should go through our Voxbone uh, yeah I've just been setting it up or no actually it doesn't it goes through, it's on SIP so I'm crazy Does, you have to call one of the dial-ins James in maybe London is London a free call for you uh uh, no, I've been doing it the other way around. I, I actually set up a, uh, a Vox call button thing to dial into a SIP URI. Even better. Even better. Um, but uh, it doesn't work. And he's not ready. Okay. Uh, well, it's just clicking the button doesn't actually doesn't do work. very much at the moment. What does it do? Do tell. Well, it just yeah. doesn't do anything. At the throw, us, throw us the URL and I'll, we'll debug it live yeah. for excitement. Uh, yeah, okay. Or, uh, yeah, put, put the code in a, in a fiddle and share it. We can take a look. Okay. Not, not to distract, but Chad, yes. your video is extraordinarily good. Could you give us a hint as to the nature of your computer, camera, etc.? Uh, it's mostly the Logitech, uh, what is it, the C920, is it? The the, the newer one? Um, it's a 922? That's the 922? Is it brand new? Uh, it's uh, about six months old. Probably 920 then. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it's just a 920. Just a great combination of lighting, camera, computer. I mean, your video looks great. Kudos. Uh, I was. I. Uh, I just built this office over the summer and my well, I'm on video calls all the time so I uh, try to do it right probably should clean up more in the background but uh um sh- should we uh, well I uh, so we have uh James's uh problem yeah, I'm, that I'm, we, uh, well I'm just doing another one because I might have screwed it up so okay. I'm just doing another one now uh, it goes into the ZipDX bridge okay yeah go directly to ZipDX it'll be easier yeah, that's, yeah that's, uh, that's what I'm doing all right I, I can uh, I'm doing, I'm doing well, let me let me uh do the conferencing <laughs> To while you're doing that. So the conferencing is VoxComp. Same idea. I mean, you get, you get the idea of coming to the site. Um, we'll just uh, log in. I'll use my GitHub account since I haven't used that in this one. So on this this one shows you go to the site um, and it lets you pick a couple phone numbers that you want to use. Right? If, if you don't want it, to, you can choose a different country uh, from our pool that we that we made available. If you don't want to do that, and, and these are you know phone numbers that you'd use to dial into your bridge. Right? So uh, I, I don't know. Does anyone have a uh, preference for the uh, Second country, Germany. Do France, Germany, <laughs> UK. All right, we'll do Germany. All right. So you set that up, um, and then you can add a uh, SIP address uh, to this. So we've set this up so that you can uh, connect into some existing SIP infrastructure. So as I was showing before, maybe you want to use the conferencing service just to uh, expand on an existing conferencing service, or maybe you want to just connect into your PBX just for recording or for any other reason. So you can you basically put a, a, a SIP URI in here. Here and it'll automatically dial out when the conference starts. Um, I'm going to skip that for now here. And then we have a bunch of different options for configuring and modifying the bridge. So I'll max participants. I, I think we have it limited to 10 for the demo site uh, or nine here. But if you want to put a pin code to have people get in or not, you can do that. Um, make people record their name when they enter. That's all uh, That's all available. And then you can modify We have you know, a bunch of different, uh, your admin profile and pins um, to keep the demo simple up. Uh, 
probably won't do any of the DTMF stuff um, since usually it just gets in the way anyway. And we're, we're, we're working on a way to basically upload and use your own sound files if you want to do that also. Um, I don't know why we have an error there, but we'll go. Uh, I'm having difficulty getting putting in a SIP URI here. It's not, not accepting it for some bizarre reason. Yeah, uh, I think there's maybe something going on with our uh, our uh, the, the provisioning API in the background, which will uh, not make things easier. Because if you can't provision the SIP URI, it's not going to work. Um, yeah, indeed. And uh, in the widget code snippet window, it says you must you must set up your widget and save the configuration to get the button. Yeah, I'm not getting that far. Did anybody catch the DID for the conference? Uh, let, let me, because uh, this one, uh, I'm trying to figure out what's going on with the Voxphone provisioning API. One uh, way I use an existing account, um, they have already. So I'll, I'll give you. Uh, so this this is a bridge I set up previously. Um, we can actually go to the bridge status page. Um, I can send you. I'll, I'll put the link to this in the Hangout um, if you want to just join the URL. <laughs> Right. Um, and from here, you either dial a phone number or you can just go to this link and um, and I'm in the bridge by myself. No, you're not, because I'm in here as well. That's two of us in there. I'll mute this one side. I'm the second man in Bozeman, Montana. And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it's advertising my my Bozeman, Montana number. That's nice, isn't it? Bozeman. Oh, Bozeman's a lovely place. Oh, I can hear you, James. Oh, I can hear you, James. Oh, I can hear you too, Randulo. I know we're all in here now. Sounds good. We're all in here. So, do we have a uh, a list of everybody? Yes, we do. Look, look at yeah. Look at Chad's um, screen. I'm trying to see myself. Oh yes, three, three, seven, eight. Yeah. yeah. And here three. comes another one. Who's this? Mr. Anonymous. Very wise move, Anonymous. Location, fresh flag. Yeah. <laughs> well, that one works. So, yeah. So uh, it's yeah, it, it, it's a standard conferencing service with a web front end. Um, like I said, we're we're not uh, we're, we're not looking to uh, reinvent conferencing or anything. Um, but uh, it, it, this is a you know meant to be a uh, add-on package uh, that Voxmon customers can add to their existing DIDs. Um, so it's helpful if they're not if they don't have a conferencing capability already uh, and they want to add this, um, they can use uh, you know this this service or the you know, or you know the API uh, to build their own service if they want. So um, and I didn't mention this earlier, but the WebRC stuff, the conferencing, actually everything I'm showing uh, for existing Voxmon customers uh, at least through 2017, it's all free. Um, we monetize. Uh, these capabilities by driving more traffic. Uh, more traffic means you need to buy more SIP trunks, more capacity, and, and we, we basically make it up that way. Um, and a lot of these services are designed to increase call volume, right? To, to, to make it easier for people to call. Um, so, um, sorry, did you did you say free until the end of 2017? Well, I, I, it, it, <laughs> at least until then, yeah. Um, yeah okay. Or the beginning uh, of 2017, which is in like yeah, two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> till, till the end, yeah, at least, at least for a year. But um, to, to be clear, that's for existing Voxbone customers. So if one, like, I can't just rock up with my GitHub account and, uh, and get a free conference. Uh, well, you can use this demo site, um, and assuming that we keep it going, you can feel free to use it. Okay. So oh. there, there, there's no charge to use this site. Um, you know, our, our business model really is not to necessarily sell the site, although perhaps that's something we, we end up doing. Um, you know, all, all these things are you know, we put them out there to try to you know see what the response is like, and we adapt and iterate based on that. But uh, yeah, if you want to just play around and want your own conference bridge, you know, feel free to go ahead and use it. Um, for most of Oxmo customers, I mean, they they're 
defying hundreds of numbers, right? Um, so uh, it, it's, you know, for them, if they have to make the choice between um, setting up their own conferencing service or basically just adding on to their existing DIDs from BoxPhone, we were obviously trying to make it easy for them just, just to add it on. Well, I think this is a great opportunity for people to test when they're looking to do something also to just test the viability of it, not necessarily in real time with real customers, but maybe with their own testers just to see how how is this going to work? It's, it's a great way to check a proof of concept, I would say. Can I can I ask the, the question that everyone's expecting me to ask about Codex? What Codex do you support? Uh, we, uh, well, on the, on the conferencing specifically. Uh, I think uh, right now, G711, Opus, uh, I think 7... And actually, I think all the... I'm trying to remember if we transcode everything yet or not. Um, sorry. James. I'm sorry. I yeah. just seeing how far I can take it. And it's it's pretty good, Chad. I haven't managed to break it yet. Okay. Well, actually, so, uh, yeah, to answer your correct question, um, rather than me trying to remember the list off the top of my head, why don't I show you from the Voxbone portal? That's a good answer, Chad. That's very safe. <laughs> when in doubt, refer back to the web portal. And... Uh, yeah. So, um, just for those people listening, I'm dropping all the links as we go into the IRC, IRC just so that you can play with them later. They would have to get on IRC, which is the VUC channel on freenode.net. Or alternatively, you can go to riot.im, isn't it? Riot.im. Yeah. And how do you get to the right room, James, on Riot? Um, you go to, um, it's hash freenode underscore hash VUC, oh. I think. I can't remember how I did uh, it. But it can't have been that difficult because I managed to do it first time. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Tim, this is the list of codecs that Voxphone supports. The uh, the video stuff is just passed through, but everything else we can actually the, the Voxphone network will transcode. So I see that if you make a call into the conference bridge, it drops you into PCMU or over WebRTC. So the default is is presumably all the preference order is is. PCMU first. Yeah, thanks. Um, we probably should change that to be Opus. Um, that's a, that's a, uh, I mean, you know, it, 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 if in the end most people are going to be calling from um, um, uh, calling from from normal phones anyway, it probably doesn't make a yeah, huge amount of difference. But you know, yeah. Um, I mean, that, that, actually, that's probably why we did that because uh, as much as I prefer people to call in off the web, as I mean, again, as we've been t- discussing, most of the calls in the world are still you know through the PSDN, and that's most of Voxmo's business. So. Um, I th- think that's probably why we did it. But still, it'd be, it'd be nice to negotiate or it'd be nice to add the intelligence so it knows based on who, if everyone's called in off the web, then use switch and use Opus. Um, yeah, that makes right? sense. Or, or, or just transcode when it needs to, right? Um, at least the web stuff is always on Opus. By the way, Chad, you're still sharing your screen. And so when you oh. see... You lost the video. Should I do, uh, I don't think I did the recording one yet, right? So uh, let me actually go back. Yep, go for it. And do the recording. So, uh, Shout out to Fred, who's uh, just joined uh, IRC and probably will. So um, record, recording is actually a very uh, similar um, type of setup uh, to the conferencing. You start out, you pick a phone, you basically pick a DID um, that you want to test with. You go and you know change your uh, recording settings if you want to you know, play a beep uh this will say 10 seconds um we're still wrapping up some of this but we'll uh, right now the service just emails you um the recording uh when it's done we limit the recording to five minutes just so the file doesn't get too crazy big um but we're 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 adding capabilities so we can transfer it via like amazon s3 bucket uh, or or via ftp and the same thing here uh you you define your your separate address in this case i I just put in the uh, um fox phones echo service here but you can you know feel free to 
to put in your own um, if you want. And then you go to the page, uh, you know, shows past recordings, uh, your phone number if you want to dial it in. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll have a click the call button on this soon. We This, this is one that we just launched uh, not too long ago too. So uh, if anyone wants to dial that number, um, I'll, I'll, I'm actually, I will end up being the one that gets the uh, gets the email, but feel free to try that out. I'm doing it now. This the the lo- Chad the login that we're seeing. You know, there's an email login. I think it is. Um, that's the aspect of being a customer already. Um, I was having an account, and I'm only asking because obviously we're associated with Voxbone in that we're sort of yeah. So for, we for don't have the, a login. So. Yeah, for all these demo sites, you do not need to have a Voxbone account. Um, and actually, these demo sites aren't tied to your Voxbone account at right, all. Right. Um, if you have a Voxbone account, we have an all off uh, provider from from Voxbone, so you can just reuse that rather than have to create a new you know a new account or have something different. But I guess my point. Okay, was, I'm in the re, uh, in the conference bridge now. If you look at okay. uh, that screen, you'll see that rather strange Bozeman Montana number. Yeah. So so right right now it's just recording you. Um, and when you hang up, it'll email me the recording. Okay, hang. Up. Stuff, there we go. Well, that seems to work. Who did yeah. this? Was this you, Chad, or was it, or was it our old friend Tori? Uh, so um, I, I use a lot of contractors. Uh, like I know, like Dan Jenkins on here. He, he's helped out with a lot of this stuff. Um, so, uh, and Tori, uh, I wish I could get a lot more Tori's time. Uh, Tori's helped out a lot with the Weber C, uh, elements. And I hope I get more of his time next year, but, uh, most of this, yeah, I, I use, um, yeah, again, a lot, a lot of contractors, uh, who, who've been good. Yeah. Dan Jenkins. Uh, if you're listening, Dan, yeah, Dan Jenkins is a safe pair of hands. Yes. Yeah. My check will be on the post. I hope. Plus he's yeah, got yeah. a lot of hearts on, uh, on Periscope. Yeah. And I should, should give credit to Weber C Ventures. That's they're another good, uh, development partner we work with. With. Um, we've actually had a lot of requests from Voxmone customers to say, yeah, we really like this. Can we, you know, can you adapt or customize it? So um, we, we work with uh, development partners like Agility Feet or uh, WebRC Ventures. Um, if uh, somebody needs a, like a web development shop to go and adapt any of this stuff uh, for their own, for their own, the, their own uses. The platform behind this, I sense a bit of Asterisk 13 hiding behind this. This is Asterisk 13, yeah. Funny that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Th- th- yeah. Um, so, um, well, I, I can see, uh, let's see if I got the recording. Here we go. All right. Um, my browser won't pay, play a wave file. Um, so, uh, I won't play it, but, but it's there. You can see we, it there. We trust it. It's a very boring, um, conference call anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and again, the, the feature is not rocket science, you know, record call and send it to you. Um, but what we're, what we're not showing is the API behind this that drives everything. Um, and again, these are just demo sites to make it easy for someone to, I, we, we found a lot of the customers, you you know, it, it takes investment to go learn an API or you get some developer to do that. If you can, the more you can cut and paste, uh, the faster you can, you know, get the market. So um, the, the demo sites are set up to do that. And uh, the last one I have to show is um, our WebRTC to SIP. Oh, this oh that that what was that? That looked a bit good. And WebRTC to SIP means that you could call theoretically call VUC at VUC.me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I meant SIP to WebRTC. Ah, the, the, the WebRTC to SIP we did earlier. That that's click the box. Right. Right. Um, so going the other way. Um, so this one definitely uh, could use your guys help to QA this one. We, we we really just like soft launched this to a few people just uh, yesterday. Um, so um, let's let's try it out. Right. So this is the same sort of idea. 
um, here. If you use a server, we can operate in two modes. I mean, one, it, maybe you don't have a SIP address and you want one. And if that's the case, we'll, we'll give you one. Um, you can dial it here uh, or basically take this SIP address and assign it to your Voxbone DID. That way, when you call the DID, it'll ring through. Um, or you can use an existing SIP registrar service. Um, like you can see, I have my, my Linphone um, registered here, right? Um, I don't have, because, uh, especially if you're not coming from a registrar, if you want to only allow calls from certain IP addresses, you can set that up here too. Um, I, I left it blank, but uh, which I, I mean, I'm sure it means people will start uh, ghost calling me soon. Yeah. Right. Uh, Funny. And then uh, uh, I forgot to uh, show the notifications page. Show uh, again, we just launched this. We're going to enable these things pretty soon. But uh, you know, if you want to pick your... Pick that's your not, ring. Um, no, that, that was me just showing the ring. Uh, and then you come to a page where you just wait for uh, wait for a call. Um, let me. Well, somebody wants to call my Lin phone address. It should should pick up. Um, no, I, I just tried it. It's uh, Chad Wallace Hart at sip .org. Oh, org. I, I have yep. com. My, bad me. That's what. Right. Yeah, give us a second though. Or uh, I can't remember what my PSEN number was for this. I'll look that up. At Lin phone. Sorry, I'm, I can only go so fast. Don't, this is like, remember when we, we, we did the. Oh, beat me to it. That's me. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. No, I All right. So, uh, yeah. So you can see, uh, in, you, know, you pick up the phone. Um, it, it's a click the answer type solution. So, um, we're, we're, we're tweaking the graphics here a little bit, but you know, the, you see the audio indicators, um, and we'll, we'll be adding some additional, you know, status type information, but there's you know, a lot more going on behind the scenes. Uh, if you want to check out the console log. Mm. Oh, that's, that's neat. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And who's that with, with Bria? That's, that's me. With Bria. Okay. Well, no, mine, no, mine no. failed. So check, Chad Wallace Hart at sip dot uh, I, I think it'll because uh, it, it. I think Linfone lets you do one call at a time. Okay. Well, if you hang up, let me have a go. Okay. Done. Here we go. Call. Call. Well, no, it, I've broken it. Oh no! And I, th I suspect Chad, it's my end, not your end. All right. I get not found. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've got unavailable on mine, unfortunately. Uh, okay. let me, I can give you a. That was on James. Yeah, it could be because of the domain I'm coming from. Yeah, you're coming from some weird. So, Andy, that was coming from AST12. I was on. Um, well, AST12 doesn't have the dial planning to do that. Yeah, well, and I think I was on IPI, which uh, you guys know. Well, yeah, well, I can give you another. Uh, I can give you a PSTN line dial in. Let me. Uh, well, PSTN's too easy. Isn't yeah, it? that's too easy. Well, I'd pick a PSTN and pick it up on your browser. Um, I know it's not as much fun, but uh, <laughs> no. up, uh, yeah, I'll give you. Uh, if you want to call from the PSTN, let me go back right now. Uh, we're adding the capability to uh, have this run. Um, in the background um, as an extension. So you can dial in any time and it'll pop up and give you a notification. But right now you need to actually have the page up um, if, you, if you want to answer it. So we can have an extension that's an extension. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to call in from the PSDN, uh, the number I have assigned to that here. Oh, cool. My typing gets worse when I'm trying to do this quickly. This is why I need a big smartphone yeah. for my big... One of those old people's phones, James. Uh, yeah, an old people's... Uh, big digits, you know, the Google big Google Pixel uh, XL. With the I'll, put, I'll put it in the chat here. Too. And, and as somebody said, uh, with, a, with an old people's phone with a big red button, which reminds you you're going to die fairly soon. Oh, God. <laughs> oh there we go. Uh, hello. 
Hello. Yeah, okay. yeah that, that's working. I like the little uh, energy light things. I think they're neat. Very neat. Yeah. And that, that works. Okay. Um, does, does it say who you're talking to? Doesn't does uh, we, we didn't, uh, we had a bug in the caller ID, so we, uh, we we took that out. But we'll, that'll be back like next week. Okay. Well, that's probably a good thing. So people don't know what my top secret is. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that's, um, like I said, that, that's a lot of what I've been working on in, in part of the workshop services um, that we put together. Um, hopefully it, it did, James. Did everything work for you? Oh, well, well just about. I, but I have to admit, Chad, I am quite impressed with those bits and pieces um, because they can be used in a myriad of different ways. They're, they're very, very useful building blocks. Yeah, and that's when we're trying to, I think there's a, a, probably a handful more other building blocks and pieces we, we can build, and that'll be some of what we work on. Uh, in the future um, going yeah, forward. No, I, but yeah, we're, at this point, we, we, we so we have all these, most of them we really uh, actually, the conferencing, recording um, and the, um, the the Weber C or SIP the Weber C uh, elements, we really just launched this month. Uh, we're just in the middle of launching. So uh, we're in the early phases of, uh, of, of developing um, or, or getting these out to market and we're looking for feedback. Um, people that want to use them are um, looking for use cases. Certainly uh, they can be strung together and, and you can do a lot of interesting things with the APIs and the back end, or, or just just actually using SIP um, if, if you want to. So, so geeky question: What are you using to terminate the WebRTC calls? Is it are they going straight into asterisk, or are you feeding? Yeah, when you want a phone call, call now, or? Like when I yeah, ask so, a question, Tim, what, you yeah. want a phone call or something? I did, I did. Sorry, it's asterisk thirteen. No, well, no, that 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 was the what the media server is. That doesn't mean that there can't be a Camelio. We, yeah, we use, um, so we use uh, uh for the for signaling, and we use uh, Asterisk as our media process. So is, is this sort of classic dial plan, or is this ARI? Uh, so for the WebRTC, it's classic dial plan. Um, for everything else that you saw, it's ARI. Thought it might. Since everybody's so geeky, let's uh, for the audience who may not know, um, what is the reasoning behind using Camaelio and Asterisk in their various roles? In a couple uh, well, of Camaelio makes the whole thing very scalable, and you right. can have a whole scalable? matrix of, if you excuse that word, a whole pile of uh, Asterisk. <laughs> servers stacked behind the Gamma Elo and Gamma Elo then load balances across the whole lot because certainly in the old days Asterisk couldn't scale that big so if you want to go really really big you had to have something in front or sort of load balancing also it yeah. makes the whole thing a little bit more robust as well and and so, so, so uh, to uh, prove uh, it Chad's showing yeah. us a nice diagram um, yeah actually uh, long before uh, many many years ago actually I had Tori did a WebRTC Hacks article um, describing the architecture um, and the ephemeral authentication mechanism um, that he set up uh, with Camilio um, here. So, um, but yeah, you can see the, uh, I don't know if this doesn't show the split architecture of the gateway in that one. Yeah, and the ephemeral... Yeah, a little bit here, yeah. It's not not the best diagram because you don't show everything all at once. Yeah, but this, but that particular ephemeral authentication was, I think, was uh, first invented or coded by our good friend, uh, Peter, Peter? Peter yes. Peter, yep. Yeah, he gives credit to uh, to Peter in the article here. Huh. Yeah. Stuff. But uh, it's good to see Tori uh, implementing using it. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, so I, I should say I mean, we're, uh, we're we're playing around with uh, Janus more too. Um, I, I suspect, especially when we start adding more video capabilities and all that, we'll, we'll probably blend in Janus in one way or another. But we're uh, that's a that's a 2017 project. Yeah. On the subject of Janus, uh, is that a robot on the table behind you? 
Uh, yes, it's uh, funny that, isn't it? <laughs> it's uh, yeah, actually, it's um, I, I, I've used that for a bunch of my a couple of WebRTC hacks posts and projects I've done in the past. But yeah, I have a Raspberry Pi hooked up to it, and I've been I don't know, I, I leave it on the table to remind. Well, if you put it on the floor and make it live, we'll play with it for you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll, uh, we'll have it running around your house, attacking you and other people who live there. Yeah, I can, I, I can. Um, did you say it had a Raspberry Pi in it? Yes. Yeah. Well, we could, uh, we could plug the webcam st- stuff into it and uh, and also generate a control channel for you. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually have all that um, okay. in it already. Yeah. I think it's time to uh, find out, uh, Chad, where you're going to be, where people can meet you, because you're you're connecting with all these different things. Um, what is the next public uh, event or gathering that you may be present at? Uh, I go, I go to, I mean, I go to a lot of shows. Um, well, I, I'm based in Boston, so I guess anyone's coming through through Boston, uh, let me know. I'm in, in Cambridge, right out of Boston, so uh, feel free to stop by. Um, I will be at uh, Asterisk World in the IT Expo um, in, I think that's the end of January, um, and Enterprise Connect, definitely, which I think is March. Any interest in Camellia World? In, um, uh, and yeah, actually, I was going to say, uh, I'll probably end up going to that show. Um, well, that's we'll, great we'll definitely someone from, Bo- someone from Boxman will absolutely be there. Yeah, um, Cam Elo World is just one of those yeah. events that you just can't you can't miss. I think. I, I hope yeah. Tori will still be coming as well. We'd, we'd miss Tori if he wasn't there. Uh, yeah, he couldn't make it last year. Something um, there was some travel issue that he couldn't make it last year. Um, but yeah, yeah. Tori I mean, Tori goes every year. Um, and Voxmon, yeah. uh, you know, going to um, Astrocon, Klucon uh, too. Yeah, we love Tori's particularly dangerous, dangerous demos because he he lives right on the edge, doesn't he? Yeah, I well, I, I'd like to see him doing a lot, get back into doing a lot more of that stuff. So uh, now, now we have a lot more uh, tools he can he can play with. Yeah. Okay. So um, last call maybe for questions. I promised people that they could ask questions about WebRTC. We have a distinguished panel here. Uh, However, I uh, haven't seen anything on IRC other than something Tim said a while back that I think already got resolved. Anybody, ZipDX uh, hit star six. God, is it star six? It's been so long. Yeah, I think it <laughs> still is. Oh, Dan, Dan Jenkins is there on IRC. He's burbling away, but he hasn't asked any questions. He's answering questions. What's a CFP? Yeah, I don't know. He, he needs to enter a CFP. I don't I have know. No idea what CFP. Call for papers. Oh, yes. All right. So he's going to, he was talking about, uh, yes, question for Chick Dan. Uh, how come you're not called in? Let me see. He probably can't get on uh, video. What's the question for Chad? <laughs> Dan Jenkins has a question for Chad. Oh, yeah. He doesn't have yeah, to. He has a question for you, too. <laughs> probably just giving me a hard time on something, I'm sure. Hurry up, uh, Dan, because, you know, we're, we're about to close down here. Go ahead. Call for paper. I always call for peppers because I like spicy food, personally. So do a CFP whenever. Uh, do you want me to drop Chan, uh, Dan the link so we can... Uh... Well, I could have done that, but I think he's... I assumed okay. he wasn't able to, but... Uh, yeah. We... Yeah. Uh, and we need to apologize to poor old, uh, what's his name? Yes, um, uh, I'm sorry about that. I, it was only because we were not expecting him to come in. But I don't think he, I think he was just listening anyway. And he could have listened on any of the public channels. Yeah, I forgot to uh, show my slide with the links, public sites. Yeah, Jan, Dan's confirmed that he was just going to joke around anyway. So, um, all right, we've got, we had your contacts in the early part of the call. And um, we, uh, yeah, Dan's uh, Fikri, I hope that's pronouncing it right. Yeah. He was in, so... Well, somebody, somebody, please uh, transmit the apologies. But I, I think he just wanted to listen anyway, and so he can, you can watch on. Yeah, if, 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 if figures on my team. I, I was going to use him as backup if I, uh, for when I failed to do the demos or screw something up. So, well, he was thrown out at forty thousand feet, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> so he survived the fall. Anyway, no, it's, it's all good. All right, I'll, I'll show my contact info here again, quick. Right, good idea. 
and uh, I showed the the links to the uh, to the demo sites. Again, go ahead and try it. No, no, no charge, no obligation. Um, just go play. We certainly will have, and I, I, no doubt these will appear in what TED Hacks as well. Are you going to be doing TED Hacks in the future as well? Uh yes, yeah, yeah. Because this is ideal, ideal fair for people who turn up and they want something really quite easy to do, something very quickly and sexy. And uh, this ticks all the boxes. I think it's a yeah. Good, good, yeah, good job. Well, that's what we we, yeah. we did, and we did the. So we actually held a a, a Boston site for the last TED Hack event. Um, we had people play around with a lot of things. I mean, and we're, we're happy since most of the other communications API providers in TED Hack are Boston customers one way or another. So we don't necessarily, uh, you don't have to just use Vox phone. We, you know, we, we get the traffic usually one way or the other at the end of the day. Um, but uh, we, we found, uh, like we we'll click the box there. Actually, the winner wasn't really a deep programmer, but could, you can you don't really need to know a whole lot to cut and paste uh, the code into your website and uh, you tweak it a little bit if you need to. So. Oh, I did have a question. Um, yes. It, it's a Vox phone question. It's about getting phone numbers in Germany. Is it still as difficult as it used to be? If I want to, if I want a, a, a number in Germany, is it going to be super difficult to do uh, I, I can't comment on how it used to be um, I can say it's not that bad I mean you you, you order it you have to provide some your address information um, for regulatory reasons for EYM1 but I don't think it's uh, that burdensome um, but the address has to be in Germany yeah right that's how I remembered it yeah. Same in France, by the way. Yes. Yes, but there doesn't appear to be any kind of checking. So uh, there are a whole load of German numbers that are registered to a certain barracks address somewhere in North Rhine Westphalia. <laughs> That's funny. Is that the case? How interesting. Yeah. Actually, in Germany, things are such that if you use any music on YouTube Live, uh, you cannot. People cannot watch YouTube Live, which is what we're on right now from Germany. And with that, I think that's more than TMI. Okay, Chad. Well, great. I'm glad, really glad you responded to the call to Cranky Geeks and Chris because you took the place and great demos. It was good to have you, and uh, we hope you'll come back with us soon, huh, James? Yeah, that was great. I mean, I, I'm, I'm surprised you guys didn't break my stuff. More. But I'm sure you will after the call. So. You wait. <laughs> a, bit, a bit of preparation. Yeah, we, we did kill the provisioning API, didn't we? Yeah. Oh. Although I, I think uh, I asked my guy, uh, they, the team to look into it. Uh, I think part of it was uh, use linphone.com instead of linphone.org. Yeah, that was that. And the other issue I had is I it wouldn't let me put in uh, a SIP URI of my own. So I wanted to find um, the SIP URI access into ZipDX for, v, for VUC and set up okay. a button for that. For I, and, uh, we'll, we'll, look, we'll, we'll see what happened there. Um, yeah. Or you can share your screen and we can debug it live uh, if you want after the call. So with, the, with these, these buttons, if we were to, uh, to have, let's say I have a, a family internal only on my LAN website. If I put it on there, are we going to handle that issues? Um, I'm hoping ICE would do it. But. Yes. I mean, we do We do have a turn server network also. So um, yeah, I don't see why you would have a problem. Okay. Um, Might have to try that. Yeah. Just uh, yeah, and and because we're a gateway, um, it's a little bit easier because basically one side is always a public, you know, um, it's always accessible. Um, so as a result, we don't really see need to have a whole lot of turn traffic. Um, that, that needs to get relayed for NAT issues, but it's like four percent. I'd say actually, yeah, I think the last time I looked, it was about four percent of our traffic needed to get some some sort of media relay. Mm-hmm. All right, Chad, you're part of the VUC family now. So Great. yeah, thank you. Hey, that was the bleeding edge of the IP communications and VoIP community. We're at VUC.me on the web. Thanks to Simwood.com, who can turn you as a developer into a telco. 
Our hosted PBX is provided by OnSIP.com. The site at VUC.me is on Bluehost.com. We use ZipDX.com for our wideband, full-featured conference bridge. And our local rate dial-ins are from Voxbone.com. Every Friday, 12 noon Eastern Time, see you next week.